Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Hallelujah. Actually, let me begin from, uh, let me do Luke 17 first. Luke 17. See, what we are doing by setting these days aside to give thanks to God, to celebrate what God has done, the world has perfected this. They've perfected this. Now, when Cleveland Cavaliers recently won the NBA, Oh, did I hurt some people? No, sir. <laughs> I, I do, I, there are some subjects of uh, LeBron uh, James here. The king. Some of you guys are subject to the king. <laughs> when those guys won the NBA title, the entire city of Cleveland closed down unglued. No embarrassment about it. Why? Because they, uh, they set out to do something at the beginning of the season. And as the season ended, they claimed the victory. They just didn't carry the trophy and just went back home and say, oh, without. no, the entire city came out and celebrated what they've done. In acknowledgement of the effort that went into the championship and at the same time to encourage themselves for accomplishing what they set out to do. And particularly in the United States, we do this so well, so beautifully. Our kids go to kindergarten. At the end of the school year, what happens? They put them in little gowns and graduate them. And by so doing, acknowledging the effort and the work they've put in the previous year. You go to high school, the same thing. I went to high school in Nigeria. Nobody, we, we, we barely left school. Nobody acknowledged us. And for many of us, you cannot even find your certificate. Nobody even usually did one. For where? Where will you find it? Terrible things. I was talking to I.S. James, Pastor I.S. James the other day. You know, he went to, I don't know whether it was Unilag or UI or one of those places. And, and, and because his family is here and they, they go to school here and graduation for the kindergarten, graduation for high school, he just laughed. He said, he said even for a university graduate, he cannot remember graduation. <laughs> Why? Because, because, because we have not invested in acknowledgement and celebration of victories. One of the things we learn in leadership is that every victory you make Every victory, every victory, everything that you accomplish, you celebrate it. You celebrate it. You need to mark it. You need to do something to mark that occasion. NBA, NFL, uh, baseball, not only do they celebrate them in their city, the nation celebrates them. Obama will host all of those guys in the White House. I mean, the, 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 the leader of the free world We'll invite all those guys into the White House and spend some time together. Why? Because the nation takes the moment to salute the accomplishment. Amen? Amen. And so in Luke chapter 17, in verse 11, <laughs> it says, Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered the southern village, there met him ten men who were lepers. Who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. 
So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet. What was he doing? Giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Now that's interesting because he was passing through Samaria and Galilee, which is almost typical of uh, nominal Christianity or really unbelievers and Christians. And 10 lepers were healed. And the Bible made a note, a point, to let us know that only the Samaritan returned, if you will, the unbeliever. The unbeliever returned, found him, and fell at his feet, and gave him thanks. Where were the other nine? Where was the church? They took for granted what had happened to them. And rather than pause and celebrate and give thanks for the one who was the only one that was able to, to get a job done, they didn't do it. Now, verse 17. So Jesus answered and said, Why, there are not ten cleansed, but we are denied. Why, there are not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Notice his faith just did not heal him. It's made him well. It's made him well. So what we see here is that thanks or thanksgiving actually do glorify God. So what we are doing here tonight, we are glorifying God. That's basically what's happening. We are glorifying God. Amen? Now let's go to Mark chapter 6 now. Mark chapter 6. Verse 41. We mentioned this on Sunday. And when he had taken five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided among them all. So they all ate and were filled. And they took out 12 baskets full of fragments and of the fish. Now those who had eaten the loaves were about 5,000 men. Verse 45. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida. Amen. Uh, in my Bible there in the margin, the, the, when it says he made his disciples, verse 45 is, uh, in my margin it says invited strongly strongly urged them. See, he just didn't casually tell them to go to the other side. While he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now when the evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea and was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining at rowing for the wind against, was against them. Now by the fourth watch of the night, they came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do 
not be afraid. Then he went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased, and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled, for they had not understood about the loaves, because their heart was hardened. And this is, this is what I want to leave us with tonight. It's amazing that this is mentioned. Here we are. They needed food. And they did not have any supply. And Jesus, in verse 41, multiplied the fish and the loaf. So much so that 5,000 men ate and they gathered enough fragments. And we are told in other passages about 12 baskets full. And then he sends them on a journey. And as they went on the journey, the winds was very strong. And the storm came up upon them and they became afraid. Now, would you not, looking back, wonder, these same men who were with Jesus a few minutes ago, moments ago, who saw him do this incredible thing by multiplying the fish and the loaves? And who carried 12 baskets of leftovers in the boat with them? And now the boat is in a uh, uh, stormy environment and they were afraid. Does that not speak to us? They just saw a miracle a few moments ago. And now they are on their way to a, a new destination and the, uh, the, 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 the sea got stormy and they were afraid. Could they not have jumped back on the experience of the miracle of the loaves? Was that not the reason for which Jesus told them to carry those leftovers with them? So that as long as they saw those loaves, they would be able to recall the goodness and the supernatural ability of God to provide, to be the on demand whatever they needed at the time. We just sang a song here during prison worship. You are all that. You are all that. It's not just lyrics of a song. Jesus being the solution and the answer in every situation is not just something we just see as a cliche. But the Bible tells us why they could not connect the dots. We are told that their hearts were hardened. Where do we see that again? We see that in Hebrews chapter 3, chapter 4. The Israelites... Can you believe who God delivered from Egypt with mighty signs and wonders? They could not have fought the Egyptian army in a thousand years. God delivered them supernaturally. No doubt about it. It was God that did it. And they got in the wilderness and their hearts became hardened. My prayer for us tonight is that we will not allow the victories of yesterday and the miraculous, miraculous supply of last week and last month to be so easily removed from us. That's why we have to plant memorials. Just as Jesus gave them loaves to be in the boat with them so they will remember what God had done. This time of fasting for these three days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, is intended to help us remember how good God has been. Many of us have not given money the way we give over these last two, three months. 
If anybody told you you can find a thousand dollars, say it's not possible. Or some of you two, three thousand, whatever the amount you gave, or five hundred, or even fifty dollars. If anybody told you at that time that God wants you to give fifty dollars or five thousand or whatever the amount was, you say, Oh no, how, how can that be? I work for the hours a week. Deduct my pay for this and deduct my pay for that. You come up with enough reasons why it's not possible. And yet God. Ah, oh, you guys didn't hear. I said, yet God. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. When all things natural looked like it was impossible, God found a way to provide through you and brought us to this point. That's the faithfulness of Jehovah. And why is he faithful? I want to close on this scripture from last night. First John chapter 4. I understand you guys now have the CEV. First John chapter 4 verse 9. Why does God do what he does? Why does he do it? CEV. Thank you, sir. Here we are. God showed his love for us when he sent his only son into the world to give his life. He didn't have two sons, just one. Verse 10. Real love isn't our love for God. Oma. Because you need, to, you need to take a deep breath on that. Real love isn't our love for God. But his love for us. Think about that. You and I, you and I are doomed by sin. Condemned to hell by sin. Death was the penalty that we deserved. We were living, existing zombies. But because of his love for us, he sent his son to be the sacrifice by which our sins are forgiven. And then Paul picks it up in Romans chapter 8. If this God did not spare his son, hey, but freely gave him up for us, how much more will he not freely give us all things? Give me Romans chapter 8. And we're going to begin to thank God now. Romans chapter 8. Go to verse 34. Go to verse 31. Thank you. Good. What can we say about all this? Now, are you convinced that God is on your side? Yes, sir. No, I, I'm not sure. Are you guys really sure about that? 
<laughs> Listen, God been on your side. It's not like these politicians. And I, I hope you know that. That will endorse you one day and take that endorsement the next day. God is not a politician. It's not. What can we say about all this? If God is on our side, can anyone be against us? God did not keep back his own son, but he gave him for us. If God did this, wouldn't he freely give us everything else? Let me just pause there for one minute. So we are in the in-between. Things are happening to us. Persecutions, ridicules, misunderstandings, false accusations. The biggest temptation is for me to take my eyes off God and begin to look at those things. The moment I make those issues, the object, I lose the battle. I lose the battle. What we should do is focus at, in looking at God because God, he knows where we are. He understands where we are and is well able to keep us where we're there. That's why he told Paul, my grace is sufficient. This thing will not take you under. You will go over. And the great thing about it is, while we are in it, we are picking up valuable tools. Keys. That will help us in our journey. That's what it's all about. Hold it there. Don't, don't, don't leave that. Let me just go to the scripture. Romans chapter 5. Very quickly. Let me just read this. Romans chapter 5. Verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in what? Tribulations. Ah, do you glory in tribulations? Hello? Ah, you may stay longer in that wilderness if you don't understand this technology. <laughs> I'm serious. Glory in tribulation? Knowing that, why do you glory in tribulation? Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Go and ask LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers about perseverance. Three to one down in a series of the best of seven. And they have to show up for the next game. Ah, by the way, they are not playing a kindergarten team. They are playing the defending champions, the golden warriors. They are playing warriors. Three to one. I mean, what, 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 how did they even get dressed to go to the, to the, to the court for the next game? No, no, seriously. I was asking about on the, on, on the trip. I said, can you tell what's going on? How, how do you get dressed in your dressing room? Knowing you are going to go out there and this could be the last game. The final game possibly. It's called what? Perseverance. Why? How? And why can you persevere? Because you've seen something that is invisible. 
you are seeing something that, that, that's set before you, something that you know if you just if you just hang in there, it will manifest itself. So knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, what does happen? Character. Character. And character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So what is God after in all of this? Why does he not give us a quick exit out of this wilderness? He's looking for character. Character. We are all in a character development institute. <laughs> you didn't apply, you didn't enroll for it, but God enrolled you. <laughs> and for some of us, now let me bring this home to where we are. Because as long as we call it a wilderness, uh, in the in-between, we may, we, we, may be having, we may have a hard time in, in, in really understanding, and I don't want to miss this. For many of us, your wilderness could be right there in your household. Your spouse. Your children. Agents in the hands of God to make sure you are, you are being shaped up very well. Amen? So back to Romans 8. God did not keep back his own son, but he gave him to us. If God did this, will he freely, won't he freely give us everything else? Go on, go on, please. If God says his chosen ones are acceptable to him, can anyone bring charges against them? Come on. Or can anyone condemn them? No. Indeed, Christ died and was raised to life, and now is at God's right side speaking to him for us. So while you are going through whatever you are going through, Jesus is talking to his father. Papa, remember. Remember my blood, pay for it. Papa, remember, remember. Papa, remember, remember. Send Gabriel, send Michael, send someone. Help them. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Now look at verse 35. Can anything separate us from the love of Christ? Can trouble? Please answer me. No. Please answer like you mean it. No. <laughs> Can suffering? No. Can hard times? No. About hunger? No. About nakedness? No. Danger and death? No. Absolutely. Nothing. Go to verse 37. Verse 37. In everything. We have won more than a victory because of what? Christ who loves us. I don't ever want you to forget that I'm begging you. This is the key. Christ's love for us. I am sure that nothing can separate us from God's love. Not life or death or angels or spirits, not the present or the future. And not powers above or powers below. Nothing in all of creation can separate us from God's love for us in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's turn to our feet. Nothing. Nothing. Over these next two, three days, let me give us an exercise. I want us to in your closet, in your, in, your, in your time at home, to pray a simple prayer. And that prayer is, God, show me how much you love me. 
That's all. It won't take you 10 seconds to pray it. God, I know what your word says. I believe it. I ask you, open my eyes and my ears and show me how much you love me. I'm telling you, once this love of God leaves our head and gets into our heart, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. It's a game changer. Total game changer. And all of us can learn from our children. No matter how much you discipline them. No matter how much you discipline them. They keep on, they keep on coming back to you. Almost as if they are, they are built for abuse. No, but it's, it's a God thing. And that's why God says, except we'll be converted and be as little children. Because many of us will complain and murmur in this in-between times. And when we do that, it uproots the seed of our faith that we've planted already. And therefore, prolong our time. So, Father, tonight, we honor you. We bless you. We acknowledge you. You are the great, great creator. You are the king of the universe. There is absolutely none that can ever be compared with you. We thank you for your unfailing love. Wherewith you are calling us. And your everlasting love wherein you have loved us. From the beginning to the everlasting, you love us. Our actions, our behaviors do not increase your love for us. Neither do they diminish your love for us. Your love is consistent. It is constant. You love us. Help us to understand and apprehend this kind of love. So that this love will become our security net in a time of trouble, in a time of hardship, in a time of distress, as long as we recognize how much you love us, we have the assurance that you, oh God, that has begun such a good work in us, you will finish and you perfect it. Give us the confidence that David has when he said, the Lord is my refuge. The Lord is my high tower. The Lord is my buckler. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my helper. And so, Father God, we thank you tonight that you are all of that to us all of the time. In the name of Jesus, we cast all of our cares all of the time unto you. In the name of Jesus, you began the good work in us. You are finishing it. You are perfecting it. In the name of Jesus, you gave your son, your only son, to redeem us, to save us. How much more will you not freely give us all things? And so tonight, Lord, we bless you. Thank you, Father God, that in tribulations we glory. We understand that tribulation is working in us perseverance. And a perseverance is developing in us character. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. That as you are, so we are in this world. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we take a pause, we take a moment. We thank you for where you've brought us from. 
in spite of the straits that we were in, in spite of the hardship that was upon us as a congregation, in spite of the needs that were overwhelming upon us, my Lord and my God, you have spoken clearly. You have vindicated your name. You have removed the reproach from your people. You have blessed us beyond our wildest imagination. You have met our needs. And we say, thank you, Papa. Thank you because you are a good God. Thank you because you've blessed us. Thank you because you will continue to move upon us and among us by your spirit. Thank you, Father God. Lord, I pray for your people tonight. Those that may be in a hard place. God, that they will not give up. God, that they will not allow the stress and the distress to take them under. That they will find encouragement. That they will find courage. That they will find strength, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. That you watch over them. Because you hasten upon them to perform your word. In the name of Jesus. Your word concerning them will not return unto you void. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God. Meet their every need. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you because we recognize that your banner over us is love. We receive your love afresh tonight. Thank you for a fresh baptism of your love tonight. We embrace your love tonight. We thank you for your love tonight. We receive that love tonight. And Lord, because we receive the love freely, we give love to one another. Lord God, we thank you. He said we should love you and we should love each other. And so, Lord God, we release that grace upon our lives to love our brothers, to love our sisters. Lord God, to be ministers of love in the name of Jesus. He said, by this shall the world know that we are your disciples. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We honor you. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for allowing us to sow the seed of thanks. Thanks given unto you, Lord Jesus. Thanks be unto God. Let's just spend a couple of minutes and just bless God through. You are the God of heaven and the earth the God of heaven and the earth, Kabiyo, O Sio, Kabiyo, O Sio, Jehovah, we praise you, Jehovah, we praise you we praise your name we praise your name Jehovah we praise you Jehovah Jehovah we 
Oh! 